and welcome to the Trash Tapes podcast as part of the Enigmatic Productions Network. If you love bad cinema and incredible deep dives into cult film, then you have come to the right place. So if you like what you hear and want to support us, you can do so by donating some funds to our Buy Me A Coffee website, along with the ACAR supporter feature. All of these can be found in the description below. And now, on with the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are about to experience trash. everyone and welcome to another episode of the trash tapes one man's trash is another man's treasure i am your host yaren chapal and the inflictor of pain and as per usual i'm here with my victim and dj edward harvey how are you doing i'm very well hello guys how are you doing we're doing all right i'm doing all right at the minute actually it's a new year it's 2022 I thought yeah. I'd be dead by now, but we're here now. Wow. Kicking off the podcast in style. <laughs> I know, right? We're, kick, we're kicking it off. with a, Another we're year, guys. We another another year. year we have survived it through. But honestly, I thought we start the new year with something very, very different. But also, we've got a guest. So he's, he's already been on the podcast before. And last time I did put him something which was completely uncomfortable. This one, I think, might be a little bit more in his ballpark. But we'll see how that turns out. So... Yeah. Liam Banks, hello. How are you doing? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Um, yeah, a new year. Still happy to be alive. Uh, happy to have seen this film. And uh, happy to discuss what the hell we've just witnessed as well watching it. So, yeah, it should be fun. I feel like this episode is going to be more like a bizarre film studies analysis of what the hell this was more than yeah. anything else. I feel like as well, when you message me and you ask if I want to come on the podcast, there is like a theme. You never like give me anything just like that i don't know everyone would universally agree is is a good film <laughs> wait you guys had teeth last time didn't you yes. i feel like there is a running theme of i don't know bodily things going on i, I, I don't know you, you get me on every episode just to talk about weird people's shit so <laughs> i'm not gonna lie yeah but then again why i mean you when you uh, this is the thing I'm, I'm i'm actually hoping this is the case when people hear a message from me going hi there would you like to watch a movie with me i want them to feel like oh no was he what's he gonna give me <laughs> what well, this is he it gonna throw at me? I, I met liam uh, the other night the other liam yeah. um yeah. who i do the their queer podcast with yes. and uh, he told me that he's coming on a, on an episode 
episode and he told me what guys what you guys are talking about there and i'm like yeah i don't get anything like that i get i get like vaginas with teeth and tumor yeah. beasts so well well partly partly because you are to, to to me and most of the you are the horror guy so i would have to throw you weird horror shit at you that is true and I, with, I, yeah i take that but and then again he did suggest well other liam did suggest and say like right i want to do this one which i won't tease but obviously oh, it's a musical he didn't tell me that information i'm gonna, I'm gonna he did say, i kind of want to i, I he actually <laughs> this is my i really like this piece of trash and it's like <laughs> well if you really do come and defend it so yeah basically yeah. he now needs to prove that he really likes i'm looking forward to that episode um, olivia newton john singing in space but yeah. <laughs> anyway let's get back to the point which is i got you on and oddly we picked this movie because oddly enough first of all this is the most recent movie we've ever done on the podcast like literally wow. this came out last year so most movies we do are kind of old or a bit or or a bit more obscure, like they're late, like they're like early two thousands, the nineties, the eighties. You know, we're yep. there. Never something that literally came out in the cinemas about six or seven months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose. Yes, yeah, it's, 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 it usually comes with age, doesn't it? The trashiness um, of it all. The, the, this one came in a pile of stinking <laughs> freshness. <laughs> well, I think that's because a lot of modern movies are tend to be uh, tend to like. They tend to be like parodies and stuff. Don't they? They're not like sincere with their trashiness. So like, it's, I think it's, it, you don't get a lot of that, of that now. This is why this is quite a fresh movie. It's, it's at least playing like it's playing it straight, you know, so. Yeah. 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 And for all those in the who figure out, what the hell's that movie? Well, that would be James Wan's Malignant. When I was young, something happened to me. Stop saying that. Daddy. Whatever you went through before you joined our family, it hurt you in a way that I can't even imagine. You created him. Daddy, what's going on? So that you could survive. I wanted to do something that was a bit different, but yet hark back to my roots. You gotta take chances. If you don't, you end up making the same old thing again and again and again. I think audiences are starved for something that's new and different. We are gonna turn back the hands of time. Close your eyes. She's there too. Who is he? Who is Gabriel? I'm the only one that can see him. That's him. He wants to talk to you. Okay. 
Okay, right. So that's what. So that's what. That's all, that's all the noises I can come up with when someone tries to scare me. Describe me what malignant is. Um. <laughs> malignant in one noise, just um. <laughs> slightly high pitched. High pitched. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this so, is what I say about malignant. What? <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. This is the thing I will say, though, is the reason why we're partly doing this, and this is something showing how much trust I have in Ed, okay? Because he sent me a message, literally, like, out right out of the cinema, because you went because you, 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 you went with our buddy Tommy, didn't we? So he, yeah. you went to it. Yeah. You went to cinema, and you sent me a message right afterwards, and so like, I don't know what this is, but this is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I didn't know. I, I went into it completely blind, so I yeah. didn't know any. I didn't know anything about what James Wan had said about it. I didn't. I just saw the trailer, which is a very generic James Wan trailer. You're expecting yeah. like The Conjuring or something like that. Mm. Uh, I didn't know that he, he'd done tweets saying like, "Don't expect The Conjuring," but I didn't see any of that. <laughs> uh, I just saw what was in front of me, and then. I thought he, I didn't understand the tone at first. I thought it was like he was just sort of off his game mm. and he was, it was just like a paycheck movie at first and it was accidentally bad. But I, then I looked into it more and, and I watched it again after on, on DVD and stuff like that. And it suddenly started to click and it suddenly became amazing to me. <laughs> but on the first viewing in the cinema, I didn't get it at all. It, it had to, but I found it absolutely hilarious. But I yeah. thought, I was laughing at it. I wasn't yeah. laughing with it at the time. Mm. I'd still argue, though, that there are some things I'm laughing at it. Uh, there's a few. I'm sitting there going, yeah, you, this this can't be it. But I will say, yeah. when you send me that message and you're saying, like, I really kind of, I think this is kind of amazing. Yeah. I haven't been to cinema. I trusted you off the bat to the point that I pre-ordered the DVD, <laughs> assuming... Yeah. That what you said was genius. Like saying, right, this movie's that good. I'm going to pre-order on DVD and wait and wait it till it arrives on DVD to watch it. And then, yeah, I sat down and watched it on my own, which I think is the best thing. Because when you said, well, let's try and watch it in the cinema, I said they're going, if this is what I think it is, there's no way I'm going to convince people to join me to go to the movies to watch this. So- I mean, I disagree. I think it's a movie that you have to watch with with people who get it. like yeah. after Because, like, uh, me and Tommy were, were bursting out laughing throughout yeah. the entire movie, like, really enjoying it. A lot of the other people were just generic audience who weren't, like, sort of into <laughs> horror. And they were completely straight-faced thinking, well, this is shit, isn't it? Like, that, they kind of had that attitude. Whereas yeah. Tom, we, we didn't know why we were enjoying it, me and Tommy, yeah. but we really loved it, so... I think, but this is the thing, though. Even when I had it on DVD, I'm just gonna, I can't just go around. To, it's, it's very difficult. I need to find, like, the right person or friend going, hey, buddy, um, do you want to come around and see this it's weird movie? a select movie? group of people, yeah, that you, it's you get surpri- on board. It's surprisingly, this is what, well, what this is the reason, partly the reason why I wanted to do the trash tapes in the first place. It's finding that weird niche movie where you can show with people going, do you want to laugh? Do you, you want to laugh at something really weird? Yep. <laughs> Join in, please. Absolutely. Uh, and then, yeah, so I watched it on my own because I have no friends who would be willing to join me on this. And I had a great time. But it's also something we want to discuss. Um, now, the reason I've got you on, Liam, is one of the first things I think you, you you do not shy on the fact that you're a huge James Wan fan. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, yeah, he's, he's definitely up there. Um, and I don't know, I think... I find it hard to think of many directors these days that I think are that prolific, particularly mm. genre directors. I mean, um, Ed, you mentioned the marketing of the film. I'm, I kind of um, spoil things for myself sometimes because I get so heavily involved in like mm. the trailers and and the 
Twitter um, like conversations, but um, he was like literally involved in the marketing. Like the trailer started with a special message from James Wan. It all felt like very Hitchcock. And I mean, I think mm. that kind of maybe fits in with some of the tone, you know, like when you think about the old directors who would be kind of like, as much of a character of the movie as as the yeah. stories they were telling and i think that's what he was trying to kind of inhabit that space um but yeah i think this was definitely a different side of james one than anything i'd ever seen before i know he can yeah. scare and i know that he can do big action pieces as well from like aquaman fast and furious was it six seven yeah. I, I can't seven i, I think yeah, yeah I, but i i still think um I still think obviously horror it, it obviously holds a special place in his heart because he keeps coming back to it which i i'm always going to be a fan of as well so yeah i was definitely hyped for this uh when i when it was announced yeah and it's it's that's the thing is i saw the trait i'm thinking is a little bit differently like you i saw the trailer and i mm. and, and weirdly i kind of thought nothing of it in fact mm. i really just like probably what you did it i started going like hmm this doesn't. It, it, it feels like it's missing something, and I think maybe yeah. if, you, if he is right on the idea that he was kind of, it was two things. This is what we want to discuss. It's either James Wan purposely said, "I'm not going to tell them what this movie's about," or <laughs> it's the production company saying, "We can't sell it like this. How do we sell it? Let's make it look like every generic James Wan movie, and mm. do that instead." It definitely yeah. looks like that. Like I think it's in order to get bums on seats, just look, sell it like a James Wan sort of regular movie people go oh yeah it's another jake another another it's gonna be like the conjuring i'll go and watch it yeah and then yeah. Is it, it, they might be betrayed if they're expecting that but like yeah. at least they will be there and you know spend the money i think i did find it really confusing because you literally had james one sat down saying this isn't like any other movie i've ever made this isn't like the conjuring this isn't like whatever mm. but then yeah. it cut to like clips of almost like a checklist of stuff that we've seen him do before and i think that's what worried me and if I'm being honest, my expectations were kind of low going into it yeah. because I saw like the cheesy VHS, like where someone's talking to someone who's not there and, yeah. and the hypnosis scene uh, with the metronome ticking and all of that. And mm. I'm like, we, we've seen this from James Wan himself a lot in the last decade. So mm. what is it that's going to be so different in this film? And I suppose that's where the intrigue was for me. Mm. That still made me go and watch it. Obviously this came out literally just what about seven eight months ago in the cinema or something yeah. like that it came around that time um and with the worst way i can describe it is in terms of genre it is a horror movie but one of the things that james once actually said in an interview and i kind of love this quote if i can find it um i think he basically said that this movie is, because some people say, this movie is a genre bender. It's not just horror. It's like, no, it's not a genre bender. It's a genre blender. He mm. literally has seemed to, he basically has said that this is this movie is not just this. It is, this is also this. It's also that. It's also this. And I can see that when mm. you <laughs> go through it, because it's, didn't, didn't he actually say in a, in a as a quote of him saying like, this is a movie that you'd find on the back of a VHS shelf. I'm sure he's actually said mm. that. And yeah. that, that's a, a big giveaway. If he actually, yeah. he's actually saying that, then he's admitting that he's doing it intentionally to look like one of those old movies he loved from the 80s or whatever. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, even, uh, again, with like, the poster, the artwork, everything that we kind of saw visually, aside from the trailers, it was given as that old-school horror vibe, wasn't mm. it? Uh, very yeah. much so. So I, I don't know. I... I know it's something we're probably going to argue about or talk about more further on, but I definitely think 
it was the intention from the outset. But I think mm. upon first viewing, you may be not aware of that. And I think that's where repeat viewings kind of build on the experience of it. Mm, it definitely feels like that. So I feel like maybe that is the case. It needs to be repeated viewings because watching it first time, blank, I'm sitting there going, I'm not <laughs> entirely on board. And it's something mm. we'll talk about in a second, really, where the first half of the movie, I sat there going, this is a bit hokey. It's a bit off. Mm. I'm a little off the game here. It doesn't feel... Like, it doesn't feel like the other stuff that I've seen him of in. And then halfway through, which will well, halfway through, well, not even halfway through, beyond that a little bit, suddenly one thing happens, and then it's like, all right, we're at hour 11 now. Yeah. And it's I've never seen any movie go that bonkers so in the last 20 minutes, I think, in any movie I've ever seen in recent memory. It's mm. so... Because even in those kind of movies where it goes bonkers the last 20 minutes, there's at least a little bit throughout. Mm. This is a hard turn. A hard U-turn. It's like if you were turning a dial and the dial goes up to 10, but it's also got a holy shit at the end of 10. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's definitely onto holy shit. Absolutely. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. The thing is, though, is it, it was trying, I think even the film itself, it's trying to trick the viewer to say it's one thing, isn't it? Because, I mean, mm. it's very um, ambiguous as to whether or not it's supernatural. Is it a slasher? And then it becomes this whole other beast, kind of literally. And... Mm. I, I don't know. It's. I think the whole thing's about deception, isn't it? Yeah, because I mean, if it was, if it was shot like a grindhouse movie, you'd mm. know immediately it was supposed to be a bad movie intentionally. But mm. it's shot like it's beautiful the way it's shot, yeah. and it's got yeah. some like, that overhead camera thing, like a spider cam that follows Madison around the house in one shot. That is amazing. Yeah. That the is... cinematography is gorgeous. It's mm. really nice. And that's the thing is like, again, going back to this, and this is where I'm, this is where we're going to start dissecting. We're going to go right into the movie at this point, realistically, but we're going to start dissecting it because is this, are there some bits which are a happy accident? Is all this really well planned or is there just something they stumbled across doing something going, you know what, we can push this into it because there's some interesting moments in the production, in terms Mm -hmm. of its look, in terms of its what's referencing, who actually wrote it, which is something else we're going to throw in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Seeing what is this, basically? Is it just a fun little quirky thing that James Wan decided to do or something that is genuinely like, we want to make this a serious movie because of what's happening in here? Your spider cam thing, for example, that is that's owed to Brian De Palma in the early, mm. like the, in the mm. 80s stuff. He used to do a lot of those really fluid, slick, like camera movements. Uh, yeah. there's, and there's a lot of very, very well, well shot, well planned yeah. shots. I mean, I mean, it shows off the the production design, doesn't it? Those sorts mm. of things. And I think in some ways, I know you've obviously spoken about it being a De Palma trademark. I think over the years, it's become a, a James Wan trademark as well. Like, mm. it is one of those things. And I think in an interview somewhere, I've heard him kind of say, you know, when he's trying to introduce a space, particularly what comes to mind is the first Conjuring film, when you yeah. have that moving in scene, you have that steady cam shot that mm. basically introduces you to the whole family, the whole like downstairs level of the house. It's floating around. And I mean, mm. you get to see everything, but it still feels kind of grounded in the story. Yeah. And I mean, with this, I, I, I just, I can remember just marveling at it when I first saw it, just thinking, Jesus, they must have literally designed like a two-story set with this one camera shot in mind because they had to know where this camera was going to go, how to follow um, like Madison and all of this. And it was, I, I don't know, when you've got that level of 
I don't know, direction and that level of kind of control mm. over things. I think that's what maybe sets this film aside from other kind of trashier films is yes. that they're trashy maybe because they don't have those those kind of grand elements to them. But what made this weird, and I, I will say mm. I think weird mm. is probably how I would describe it, is the yeah. fact it was so grand, but it was trash. <laughs> it looked yeah. magnificent, but it was just weird. It was I, bizarre. And this is the thing I feel partly, to me, it makes me feel more confused and not sure whether or mm. not James Wan was really trying to aim for the trash aesthetic or not, or just happened to stumble into it. Because it's James Wan is one of the directors I feel that has got... It's, he's so slick in terms of how he pulls off his shots. Camera yeah. work, he's one of those directors that you know, like, you know, it's all really well structured and planned out. Yeah. But then when you go to the plot of it, you're thinking, this should be something shot on the crappiest tape recorder. And it should be something done with really schlocky nonsense. Yeah. But because it's got that James Wan shine on it. I, I yeah, can't tell. Odd. I was conflicted going through. This looks really nice. I mean, there's why no reason why that whole sequence couldn't have been done like Sam Raimi on a plank of wood, Evil Dead style, and followed her up the stairs. And <laughs> I think it would have still equally as been as entertaining. But mm. yeah, I mean, what stood out to me as well was the opening. You know, when you have like this establishing shot of this um, asylum. Yes. You're like, that is money right there. That visual effects shot is so much money, you can tell it is. <laughs> and then it cuts inside, and then the nurse is like, it's time to cut out the cancer. And you're like, what? <laughs> what is going on? Yes. It's just such a contradiction. I've got a clip. Let's listen to her lines. In that. I've just cut it up so you just hear her lines, basically, all the best bits. Yeah, go for it. So... It's becoming more apparent that not only is Gabriel getting stronger, he's becoming more malicious. If his strength and ability continue to grow at this rate, we will no longer be able to contain him. However, I am still determined. Dr. Weaver, he got out again. No. He made it all the way to the records room before we got to him. He found his information. He wants to go home. Dr. Fields, what the hell is happening? I tried to subdue him with ECT, but the electroshock had no effect on him. Then all the machines started going crazy. It was like he was drinking the electricity and controlling our machines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Strap him into the chair. <laughs> Oh, God. You've been a bad, bad boy, Gabriel. He's <laughs> always been a bad boy. Oh, no. Oh, my God. He speaks. He's brought it speaks. <laughs> I thought we could help him. But I was wrong. <sighs> it's time we cut out the cancer. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Honestly, that's the next drinking game. Do a shot every time someone says it's time to cut <laughs> out the cancer. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what that opening reminds me of? Well, actually, the, the whole sort of like movie reminds me of this. It's like a rock out, like a metal album from the early 2000s. You know how like a Rob Zombie like album <laughs> has like this build up intro yeah. and then it kicks in like it's just got this <laughs> spooky <laughs> intro and then it kicks in with like. <laughs> so you're 
basically, so, so, so basically, you're saying Rob Zombie's next album should have it's time to cut out the cancer. <laughs> <laughs> because, because after that moment, you get a title sequence with music like this. It's, it was surprisingly it's grandiose. So, yeah, th- th- it was just such a <laughs> juxtaposition. I mean, the fact that I think what got me as well was the the, tran- the tranquilizer gun that they just had on hand. I was like, what is this, <laughs> Jurassic Park? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> They're just shooting what we then find out is a child <laughs> with a tranquil gun. But I'll, just going back to the song quickly, Ed, I'm just saying that quickly. It's like, the score here is honestly too good for this movie. Does that make sense? Like, from what are you expecting? It's like it's grandiose, but it's got like synth and it's got strings and everything's big and grand. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that title's music sounds like Nine Inch Nails. And we're in, in the cinema, it is the loudest thing. It is so loud. It reminded me of like early 2000s title sequences though, because they're mm. like re- like heavy on like industrial like metal and stuff like that. Mm. And uh, it's very like in your face immediately, mm. but it, it, it fe- felt dated. There's, there's lots of references to you know lots of eras that james wan loves like i mean mm. he started uh, becoming big in the early 2000s and so he loves obviously that era yeah uh, but obviously when he was younger he loved like the 80s and stuff so you got the 80s and 90s in there as well but it's this but it, it all looks like a modern movie that's the confusing aspect yeah. yeah i think it i think there's a lot of i don't know again it kind of adding to the weirdness of it obviously it's set during present times because we've got obviously the technology iphones all that sort of thing in it but um obviously this is kind of like jumping ahead but that that opening felt very like it was a period piece i I felt like it was older than the 90s initially um but then obviously then when we get to like the ending in the cell all the women look like they're out of a 70s grindhouse prison film 100 percent. and you're like I don't know. So, I, I, again, I guess it is literally just have some fun. And I think with the music, Bashara was having some fun again because yeah. they would just throw everything at it sort of thing. A hundred percent. It feels, it feels uh, again, opening that little sequence, and this is the thing, you're right about it. It's, it's weird how you've got... I mean, listening to that on its own just made me laugh again because, number one, <laughs> what's her accent again? Is it supposed to be a British accent? Because I don't know where she's from. She's a very posh American. <laughs> I am a very posh, slightly British American lady who acts wooden as balls, right? Yeah. But then you've and then, and then you've got the male, the other doctor, the male nurse walking in, running like, oh, no. And it's, it basically, it's all an exposition dump all yep. within that. And it's, it's really kind of the... It is... B movie, even C level acting schlock, but yeah. it looks so good. And you see, yeah. <laughs> what? Why it's, does everything look this good? It's funny though because on second viewing, mm. I'm like, why didn't I know this was intentional? And it, it, it's yeah. a joke. It's like yeah. on the first viewing, I just took, I just took that it, that that bit was like off tonally, and then the rest yeah. of the movie was kind of like. Oh, oh, this is how it's supposed to be, this bit. And I'll, the, I'll just ignore that. Like, they've for the used moment. the budget on another piece of the film. So <laughs> they've just got, got the people they could afford in. Um, I think the thing, though, is, you know, knowing, though, obviously how that opening is, because I, I personally think the opening is, is magnificent. I will mm. say the first time I saw it, I was a bit like, what? <laughs> but I think part of me then kind of wishes the rest of the film lent into that a little bit more, because I do mm. think... There are certainly some characters and actors involved who maybe did think they were in a different film, but I mean, I obviously the acting is is really bad throughout. <laughs> but I I'm wondering, I, I'd like to see these actors in another role 
and mm-hmm. are acting their socks off because then they'll know that James Wan was directing them to act bad deliberately. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, well, I mean, I mean, yeah. you've got, I mean, you've got, I mean, I mean, you've got Annabelle Wallace who <laughs> has done some good stuff. Like she's done good stuff in it, but yeah, it, again, she feels like I've seen her face before. It's like I've seen her before. She's mm. doing. I know you can do better than this, which again makes me. The whole idea is if this is fully all intentional everything including the bad acting can i just say james one must be some kind of directorial genius to yeah. make someone purposely act bad in a way that doesn't look like it was directed that it was acted bad it's yeah. mind loops if it was <laughs> James Wan was obviously directing this and he kind of done, he did this sort of in between because he was currently, at the time he was still working on trying to do Aquaman 2, I think he was. Mm-hmm. I think so that's I th- just literally wrapped, like, was it yesterday? Yeah. He, he wrapped and it looked insane, like how many days they were filming for. So I love how he mm. just does these films in between films. It's just like, for goodness <laughs> sake, dude. I, I, think, I, I think what's happened here is he sat there going like, I need something in between as a palate cleanser before <laughs> I get into this big, like, I need something for me before I do this big Warner Brothers DC huge budget movie. So he's sitting there going, right, I need to do something. And this is the thing. This movie was co-written by James Wan's wife. Yeah, Mm, I found that interesting. And (laughs) and it's also the first time she's ever written anything. So (laughs) So this is, again, it feels a little bit like, okay, is this, again, maybe I I wish I could be a fly in the wall, like in his house Mm. when the idea of this came to be. Because I would love if basically his wife comes over and says, "Um, I've got an idea for a film. Just you know, and yeah. but, but I, I'm imagining he's going through the script. It's terrible because it's like it doesn't want to disappoint his wife. It's like this is this is genius. It it's is. malignant or a divorce. <laughs> but, That's how this but, happens. He, yeah. I reckon he does love like those movies that are yeah. bad movies from yeah. from like the like, with a story with a script like that. They, obviously. Yeah. So it's it's a weird thing. Like even if she wrote it and it was it was bad, but he could have just thought, "Oh, this is this is bad," but it's brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliantly bad. Yeah. Like, or maybe the idea that maybe the, again trying to break this down. Maybe this all this was done on purpose. Maybe the idea is like you know may, maybe Ingrid, who basically is his wife, sit there goes like, yeah, actually, maybe he she she generally loves all these like these these night like like late 90s early noughties really bad schlocky horror movies that are like nothing right she loves mm-hmm. that and so i just want to make one of those and maybe because he knows obviously they know each other very well they they say like well we could maybe we could workshop something and yeah. they did that and this is now a joint effort which means there's a lot of things here i mean ingrid also she does play a character in this she plays the uh she plays i believe it's sort of like you know it's basically sexy nerd Glasses, very awkward. All the funny lines are. She, yeah, very she, much- she's just a general forensic assistant. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. She's like forensics, but assistants. But then she does like other little bits as well. She hasn't really got a <laughs> she's proper there job. all the time. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. if this was a different film, she would be the killer because she is just there all <laughs> yeah. of the time. I have been here all the time. <laughs> but yeah, but she, but she she's also. Again, again, and this is kind of showing whether or not this was done on purpose or just falling into it. She hasn't really acted a lot. And she hasn't really, uh, she hasn't really acted in a lot. I mean, her first, okay, look, uh, look, like her first movie role is Blood Rain. 
So, although she was a young girl at that point, but, you know, she was in Blood Rain, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> and all these other movies are basically movies from Romania. And she, and she, but then she did, once she got married, obviously, with James Wan, got into The Nun and The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Yeah, I kind of, I noticed that, that then uh, she suddenly started appearing in, in all of his films. It reminded me of... Um, David F. Sandberg and obviously his wife uh, Lotta is in, in a lot of his stuff. And, which, and, which and Rob Zombie and his and Rob Zombie and, and Shane and Moon, obviously. Very, yeah. very sexy wife. <laughs> it's Hollywood. Is it is it still nepotism? Is it, it counted is nepo- as nepotism? No, that's purely nepotism. <laughs> but then this is the thing. Like maybe this is something like you know we're workshopping this together and they come up with something. But yeah. again, the levels of this is she's she's purposely really bad at this, right? Or is yeah. she just a bad actress? <laughs> you see where I'm coming from with this? This is why I'm having constant mind gymnastics here. I wonder if if the whole film was supposed to be really serious and really good, and then he came on set and then directed her and was like, oh, God, this is bad. We're going to have to change the whole film now to match your performance. I don't know whether whether he just did a full, like, 180 on, on I would love if this was written seriously. And then somehow it's like, okay, fuck it, we're going to have to make this goofier. Because first day on set, it's like she's he's realising... God, this is technically kind of crap. <laughs> this is, this is <laughs> Just realise it all clicked in. <laughs> no, you no, see, I think it was definitely intentional. It's got. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> in terms of the the actors, for me, I I thought the worst one was the uh, the sister. The, oh, I did love you, the sister? I, I thought, thought she was great. Yeah, but you know, like I'll, I'll play this clip. It's more of a visual thing, but this clip. Mom and Dad took me in when I was eight. I don't remember anything before that. Mom told me that my biological mother died during my birth. Sydney, I'm adopted. <laughs> I love that bit. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, she's like so shocked. She's like, oh no! <laughs> I mean that it, when I when I saw that in the cinema, that's the moment where Tommy and I first burst out laughing because it's mainly the, the, the fact that the music is yeah, is funny. So intense. Yeah. The music, it like, and her, she's like doing this puzzled face, like what, what, what? why have I like not that? And it gets this? more puzzled as the music gets more intense. Yeah. And yeah, that that because that music, it's um, it's a cover of Where Is My Mind, isn't it? And it's like a yeah. music, it's it plays all the way through, like in little sort of which little, uh, which little... which which again if that is again if it's a cover of where is my mind it's such huge fucking foreshadowing <laughs> you think about it johan the title is malignant so straight away <laughs> I, I was like tumor i know but point being you know it's it's like it's i know it's not subtle this movie isn't it's, subtle no it really but, isn't but for fuck's sake like how much more of the nail do you need to hammer into this coffin just to prove the point um, yeah it's yeah. great stuff, though. Uh, although with the sister, though, I mean, honestly, one of my first, one of my favorite scenes of the sister is when we're first introduced to her, where she's dressed in a goddamn fairy princess outfit. Why not? <laughs> Why not? She's just an everyday girl, just doing everyday things. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> never mentioned again. So. Yeah, it's like it's like, oh, by the way, I do a thing, and then that's it. It's like, oh, I love the fact that she's probably fired now because she's just not turned up for any shifts since that scene. <laughs> because ever since then, she's got into this bizarre, weird murder mystery nonsense that has absolutely nothing to do with her if yep. <laughs> you really think about it Must 
Another one is the boyfriend, the first boyfriend, where one of my favorite lines in the movie is basically when we're first introduced to him. And, and, and then she goes, oh, yeah, I'm supposed, uh, yeah, I thought you were supposed to be at work. Yeah, but, you know, you know, new babies being a bit, <laughs> bit awkward. And then literally just goes and physically assaults her. But in a way that I, I know it's awful, but I laughed. And I don't know why. Whether it's because of his acting or some of the lines he says or just how fucking just plaze it felt. I just think um, it, it escalated way too quickly. Like, yeah. he's literally watching a sports show. Everything's fine. And you literally cut like a minute later, he slammed her head against the wall and said, don't let another of my babies die in you. And you're like, okay, well, this guy's going to die then because we're all supposed to hate him now. Yeah. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. I have got a clip of the shitty husband. Let's hear it. Please. <laughs> shitty hey, husband. I was watching that. Please, Derek, I really need to get some rest. <laughs> no. Maybe you need to stop getting pregnant. <laughs> you know, the doctor said this could happen again, right? You know that. How many times do I have to watch my children die inside of you? Bloody hell. Savage. Stop. You're breaking my heart, Maddie, I swear to God. And I'm breaking your head. Pow! <laughs> you can't keep doing this. Doing what? Doing what, Madison? Tell me what I'm doing, huh? Tell me what I'm doing. Are you saying this is my fault? Are you saying this keeps happening because- Don't touch her! Bitch! Oh, 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 oh baby, I'm so sorry. Uh, you did that, you I'm gonna asshole! Get you okay, I'm gonna get you some ice, hold on. The immediate mm. apology. Yeah. Oh no, my actions have consequences. <laughs> Oh, it's, no. it's so funny because it's like um, on another review I heard of this film, they were saying if it's meant to be like, uh, you know, a, a silly, a silly, non, like not serious movie, like a camp movie, then why have you got so, why have you got that like really serious yeah, subject matter? Yeah. Like domestic abuse. But the thing is, the way it's handled is so over the top <laughs> that it's it's accidentally funny, isn't it? So it's it kind really of like, it, it weirdly fits. And then, <laughs> And the other guy on the uh, review, like, he basically um, said that sometimes, though, a lot of films from the past, like Giallo films and stuff, like, they do deal with lots of really serious subject matters and still do it, like, really theatrically (laughs) and over the top. So, like... balls, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then this is sort of another thing that I was going to throw in there because a lot of people said this this feels Giallo-inspired. And it does, Mm. because if you look at any Italian horror movies from the late 70s, uh, like the 70s and 80s, it is is this, to to a degree, it's this level of balmy. And... I think this is the weird way. Again, maybe the reason why the deliveries off the lines are weird. Like, can you just stop being pregnant, please? That is just, <laughs> what the hell? Feels like, and this is the thing, it feels like an Italian script being rewritten and translated into English and yeah. then dubbed over a movie. Yes. And yeah. it yeah. feels like that's the performance and the line delivery. It feels like it's been translated from a different language and now we're mm. watching it in that language. I think from the outset, um, one said that, the likes of Argento was like a huge inspiration for this. And it mm. was like his version of a Jalo film. And I suppose the thing is, is there are going to be certain things that need to change in order to update it to a film that would literally have come out last year because mm. the films of the seventies, however, like fun they are to watch now, 
um i don't know they don't that you wouldn't have been able to make this film i don't think back in the 70s i do think it is like a film of the time but mm. it's made with a lens of like looking back if that makes sense what what was your favorite kill out of the film okay let's go through it then what's everyone's okay. favorite kills um right my favorite uh my favorite my, my favorite death just is the way how it kind of actually builds up to be something significant is <laughs> um the ma- one of the male doctors has died off where basically yeah. he's trying to go to sleep Yes, and every time it goes around, it's like it's something there. It turns around, there's nothing there. It's like for God's sake! And yep. when when once you find out who who this the killer is, which we'll reveal later anyway. When you kill, when you reveal, you know the killer is. You say, no, how is that even remotely possible? <laughs> but and then, it's definitely but I, a thing. <laughs> and, and then just and then him just lying down there, just having a nap, is all going to sleep. I it's know, fine. Poor guy. And then just. The amount of stabs was ridiculous. It was the fact that it was like to the chest and then it was like, yeah, just to finish you off, I'm also going to stab you in the face. And I was like, okay, I have, I have respect for someone who's that thorough, so well done. Uh, it was one of my favourite ones in terms of gore level. I think yeah. that one for me, I'm sitting there going, that is, oh, that's excessive. Yeah, ab- absolutely. What about you, Ed? Did you have one that you you enjoyed? Well, the big the big scene... Obviously, <laughs> shall we talk? About, shall we just go and talk about the big scene? Now? Or, well, I'll, 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 there's so many I like, so I can mm. talk about some before we get to that. Yeah. I love the, the the doctor being bludgeoned by the trophy before it's <laughs> yes! actually before it's actually like a pointy weapon. He just, he just <laughs> like repeatedly hits her with it like a Cluedo. Like it, it was. A, I don't yeah, like this. Murdered in the this kitchen trophy. with the uh, with the trophy. It's, it's so Cluedo. Isn't it? it is. It, it really is. is. So theatrical. It's, uh, yeah, it's great. I love, I love how again it's very jalo of them. Where eventually, where using that trophy, it turns into the murder weapon of the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I really love how all the shots are done. They're all very close up of of, of seeing them just doing and making yeah. it all nice and shiny, becoming the weapon of choice. Again, very jalo kind that of vibe. Re- also reminded me of the opening to like Nightmare on Elm Street, where he's making the glove. Yes, yes. yes. yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. And the whole lighting and and thingy of that space as well, like with the fans slowly going around and the. Yeah. It's good. It's like, crazy. Like, and it's it's good thinking, what, once you know what the subject matter is and you're sitting there going like, this is too pretty and too intense for what it has any right to be. Oh, uh, gotcha. Liam, how, how about you? Uh, how about you? What's, uh, what's your particular favourite death, if you have any particular? Um, I, I'd probably say... I'm sure there is not obviously spoiling it because I think it is a whole scene we need to talk about. But I, yeah. I am positive. I'm sure that she just rips someone in half, like literally <laughs> just peels them open. Yeah. There's, there's like a head split or something. I can remember just thinking like, or also a hand through the body. Yeah, well. a punch, <laughs> a punch through the torso. I was like, it's Jason goes to Manhattan all over again. <laughs> She's just gonna start punching heads off in a minute. It's um, it, yeah, yeah, mental. That just <laughs> yeah. 
This whole movie's basically mental there, at this point. There is but, actually one that's not. Um, it's not. It's not like one of the big ones, but it's so funny. Is where <laughs> that guy who's meant to be guarding in the hospital, and he goes, "My my pacemaker, my pacemaker," and he like it ends up exploding. <laughs> that was hilarious. It it felt at that point. It felt, a little bit, it felt a little bit like like Jedi Force powers going like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, but yeah, one thing I want to throw out quickly at this point is like, obviously we've got the main sort of plot here, which is basically, which is basically she, you know, she's, she, she's basically after having the traumatic bump in the head, right? Mm-hmm. She now starts having weird visions and almost like a weird sleep paralysis of someone committing all of these goddamn horrible murders, right? And for a while, the whole idea is that you have no idea why they're connected. You don't know why somehow she's frozen and having a literal like paralysis while she's witnessing all of these deaths and it's again it's done really well and a very quite really kind of well done with the visual effects of it and how she's sort of frozen in froze or literally frozen in time and can't do a thing about it it's really really well done um but then once we start going deeper into the lore of this movie, this is where the onions start to peel off a bit and you're going, God damn it, this is starting to, starting to make me cry, starting to get a bit heavy. And it gets really, <laughs> really bonkers. Um, yeah. Um, like, like it, there, there is a whole very 90s police drama investigation thing with, the, with, with first you've got the two detectives who... What do we think about the two detectives? I <laughs> absolutely <laughs> loved both of them their chemistry <laughs> and also i think the actress is regina moss i've written yes. down she just stood out to me as just doing everything that i want a cop a sassy cop to do she she just delivered all the lines the looks that she gave to um i think it's winnie who's the forensic scientist yes. you know when she's it she's almost like the audience you know when she says like a really bad joke and the audience are like just get off screen <laughs> she is that but in the scene she's i mean she's quite literally yeah she in the audience is quite literally the audience because there's loads of mm. moments where she sort of says like nah fuck off i'm sure there is a bit where she goes what the fuck i know <laughs> what that is well i've got I think- i've got two clips of her let's let's listen to these go <laughs> the killer said he was gabriel my gabriel wait are you saying that the killer is your imaginary friend <laughs> the music. <laughs> so I've got that, but then a bit later we've got this. So I'm putting out a bolo on sloth from the Goonies. <laughs> yeah, right there. She cemented myself herself as a horror icon in my eyes, right there. And, the, and that's the thing with her. It's like there's a, there's a scene where she where, where they find where, where they interrogate her. And then they have the phone call in the interrogation room. And her look the entire time is like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's not more like, it's not even like, because obviously you have the other detective, uh, Kiko, I believe it is, who's basically, who is the, who is the, who is the sexy, sli- it's a sexy Asian who flirts, which if that is not <laughs> Avatar for James Wan, I don't know what is. Yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's quite obvious, isn't it? It's pretty I think obvious was, that James Wan's one put himself in the, the movie. He was a bit though, wasn't he? Because I'm sure he's kind of sending out mixed messages to the sister as well i thought he was a bit of a dirty dog to be honest he's a bit of a flirt (laughs) but the thing is is that um you know basically james one avatar is so on board with this nonsense like he doesn't question any of it believes it from the outset from the be 
beginning and say like, we're going to have to investigate this. <laughs> I like I like the fact he's a bit shit though. I like the fact that he's like Deputy yeah. Dewey and Scream a little bit. Yeah. And there's a yeah. bit where he's chasing the killer. And yes! He, uh, the killer's like literally doing parkour, like uh, uh, parkour. down the fire escape. <laughs> parkour! Parkour! And he like falls off the fire escape and lands on a trash can like, like a sack of shit, doesn't he? He's like he's like so clumsy and like just gets up and he's like, oh fucking hell, running out. Oh, I love I love the build up to that because it's like because obviously we're looking at how the hell is this, how is this person doing this and, and going over. Like, I'm gonna jump, I'm gonna jump, and you're thinking like you're gonna do well, you're gonna land it. No fucking eat shit. Yeah, I, I did I did enjoy that because it does get a bit tiresome, doesn't it? When suddenly these police officers become James Bond. And just, I mean, yeah. even James Bond being the way he is sometimes, I'm like, come on, <laughs> stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, but yeah I, no, I, it's I, good. But that's why the comparison works is because you've got someone mm. who just believes everything and the other one who just does Complete not. Complete skeptic. A hundred percent. And just sits there being literally that point being the avatar for the audience because it's like, yeah. what the hell are you doing? I think doing? she's literally there to ground, obviously, how ridiculous the whole thing is, isn't yeah. it, really? Because. I mean, surely, like you said, Ed, when I think we can go into it with mm-hmm. like a lens of, okay, well, we're just going to believe anything because it's silly and it's fun and we're going to have a good time. Mm. But you do get the kind of passive viewer who watches these sorts of things. And if things don't make like reality sense, <laughs> then they just completely switch off. So I think those sorts of characters are 100% essential to keep them in. Yeah. yeah. And it, it definitely caters for that part of the audience at times because there's a, a massive plot recap at one point. It's like, just in yes. case you're not following the movie, I'll just tell you exactly what's happened. I've got a clip yep. of that. I'll just play that. It plays, it's so hilarious. You, you know everything. A, a normal film like fan knows everything at this point, but it just yeah. reminds you, like, previously on Malignant kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Play it. Gabriel is inside of Madison. He's been using her this whole time. He's been controlling her body like a, a, a puppet. Whoa, 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 Sydney, slow down. You're not making any sense. I found Madison's history. She was born with a parasitic twin. Gabriel has been dormant all of these years. When Derek smashed Madison's head against the wall, it woke Gabriel up. Sydney, that's insane. Madison's birth mother is still alive, Kay. They lied. I know. She's the only one who fell out of Madison's back. <laughs> So basically, that's my segue to like, we can start talking about the crazy stuff, really. There we I mean, go. I've got to say, just just before, sorry, there is nothing that annoys me more in, in films than when you have that perfect blob of exposition or when the characters are going to find stuff. So, for example, her sister goes back to the asylum that's been abandoned for however many decades. Yes. She finds a perfectly organised rack of folders. In the folders, there are pictures of the doctors and all of the information that you possibly require to crack yeah. this mystery. If it was real, everyone would be dead and no one would know why. <laughs> Just, oh, it just bugs but, me. But this is the thing I've realised listening to that again. I know what this is, right? It's mm-hmm. partly not just the exposition dump, but do you know when 
when I whenever I watch movies with my mum, she's the one that yeah. asks for a shit ton of questions. If I watch this movie with her and say, "What the hell is this?" So just wait a minute. Yeah. She will explain everything to you. This, <laughs> this is, is for the mums out there. This is for all the mums out there who can't follow movies. <laughs> Absolutely, James. One, you you cater to everyone. Well done. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But what was the moment for you in this movie that got to the point where you're going, actually, I, I kind of feel like this movie's gone apeshit at this point. What's the pinnacle points for you in the movie where you go like okay this this, this movie's gone nuts the for me the prison scene with all the stereotype wi- women like yeah. criminals <laughs> from different eras looking like, like a lady gaga telephone video it just does. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Crazy. For and they're delivering like yeah. sort of over the top insults. Let's listen to an insult. Go on. What's the matter, Pollyanna? You get lost on the way to the country club. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Isn't um, Zoe Bell's in that as well, isn't she? Yeah. yeah she's, yeah. yeah I'll be... Look, I, I don't want any trouble. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> what did you do to get in here? We get to separate the recycling. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Nice for a price. What you got? Yeah, like, I love that. Like, what do you do to get in here? Fail to uh, separate the recycling? <laughs> <laughs> what, I love, what I love about it is, like, it's literally every stereotype in prison movies ever. 100%. You've got one person who literally is, like, Pam Greer with yeah. the afro <laughs> and the yeah. look. And the flares. You, and the flares. You've got, you've got someone who looks like it's from a 1980s gang movie. Yeah. You've got other. You've got someone who looks like a greaser. You've got ev- everyone's in from different decades. But like, these are the rough ladies. Yeah. <laughs> and also the fact that the cops think it's a good idea to then put her in there with all of these people when at this point we don't know what she's capable of but also the fact that she if she wasn't capable of that she would very much be dead yeah <laughs> so well done cops police in america they're all <laughs> well idiots done. Well done. um for me what's, though what's great on. as well about that scene visually 
you think this is a very large prison cell. Something's, I think something might happen. <laughs> it does give you a little bit like, hmm, uh, this is big. Although speaking of big, just to throw things out there, all, all, can I just say all the locations are bizarre, like they're all TARDISes. Because yep. if you look at the outside of the house, the original, the regular house, it's tiny as hell. But you go in there, that is a fucking huge house. Yeah. Many rooms huge, bedrooms huge, which I actually think, again, this is another meta thing I want to throw in there. How meta is James Wan in this? Is he actually poking fun of his own movies? I very much degree. thought that, yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. Um, what stuck out to me as an example of that is when, I mean, I personally, I love the whole, like, you know, the underground city kind of yeah, setting. Which yeah, which actually is a real place you can go to. Yeah, which I 100% want to check out now. Mm. But you know the scene particularly where it's, like, just a room full of mist with, like, the carriages? I was like, yeah, yeah this 100% looks like the further in Insidious, so it mm. has no right, like, looking like this, <laughs> but James won. <laughs> Yeah, and James I, just, Wan- I thought there was going to be a red door somewhere. I mean, that was literally going to be like the 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 icing on the cake. But. And a lot of the sets are like that. I feel like James Wan's houses are very nice houses. They're never like ruggedy. Yeah. They're all like everyone seems to be very well off. They all have very nice big houses. But I love the fact that if that's the case, it's like, well, let's make a joke about it. Let's make the outside look really tiny that it would no way fit this big house in. But yeah, I mean, logically, how did they afford that house? Because he looked the the shitty husband looked like he was unemployed because he was at home watching yeah. sports and did <laughs> yeah. she work at a care home and is going to be going on maternity leave soon so there's no yeah, way she's, she's a nurse isn't she yeah, yeah in a yeah. care home yeah basically so yeah something's not adding up maybe i don't know maybe she's got some side hustle only fans she's got only fans oh dear well the thing is now that that's an extra kink if we really show what happens next for me though can i just say the moment for me where the movie just goes okay this is going to be fucking bonkers it's the moment where we find out he's already mentioned where the where we find out the biological mother is still alive Alive yeah. and <laughs> falls through the goddamn fucking roof. I sat there Love going, it. the moment that happened out of nowhere, because one, that attic must be the rickety floors or whatever, but she fucking falls such a high height and onto the table and sofa. And I'm thinking, wow. It's the one room as well, which doesn't yeah. have like another story below it. Like the living room for some reason has two stories, just so we can see her fall for at least 10 seconds. It was an <laughs> impact. Everywhere was, else, she would have probably just landed on a bed somewhere and been fine. But no, she has to shatter every bone in her body. And it's, and it's, and the thing is, it's after a very serious bit where they try and do like hypnosis and mm. they try and say, we can figure out what the trauma is through hypnosis. And yeah. They feel like, oh, we have a breakthrough or something of that sort. And then this happens. And... I mean, the that's got to be deliberate as well, because yeah. again, like that whole scene was almost a parody of of his mm. other scenes, yeah. and then for it to go into that, and I mean, Annabelle Wallace, we spoke yeah. about. Um, to to be honest, I think yeah, on first viewing, I just thought, oh my god, you're actually really not a good actress. But then mm. I did realise, and it was particularly at that scene, you know, when she does fall through, and then the camera kind of goes to slow mo, and then they redub the weird scream over her. Which is like, <laughs> yes. Ah! <laughs> You're just like, oh my god! It's, yeah, pure cheese. Love that. Let's just talk about it now. Fuck it. Let's talk about it. So, let's talk about the moment where the movie goes ape shit, even mm-hmm. more so than ever, which is the prison scene. So after that happens, we find out from the exposition dump that basically 
she has a twin brother. And this twin is fucking horrendous because it's, it's technically not a real, it's technically a twin, but actually is a tumor that happens to have grown arms and teeth and can talk and everything. It's just, can I just say the, 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 the prosthetics for that is fucking epic, mm, by the yeah. way. Yeah, it, really good. It's disgusting when you first realize what it is. It's genuinely, unnervingly disgusting. Literally me in the morning before I have a shower. <laughs> you, you, this, this is you before coffee. That's you before your cup of coffee. You'll be, my, my arms just slowly. Why do I get the feeling that, that that's, that's secretly the best Snickers advert? You're not you without your Snickers. <laughs> just malignant. Just <laughs> drinking just, electricity. Is, uh, you're just a parasite. Side. Yeah. <laughs> but after they cut out the cancer, which we realise is basically an entire twin. That should have rem- been a tagline, I'm just going to say as well. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> cut out the cancer. Yeah. But yeah, um, re- only a small bit remained of the of Gabriel into, into her head until bad boyfriend, bad husband goes kapak, breaks it open, and now is controlling her. So the killings is actually her... And this is the thing that made me even more confused and realized, why is this person walking like this? So Gabriel is literally at the back of her head. So in order to control her, she's they're walking backwards, basically. Mm-hmm. Arms are broken, pretty much, so she can move, do stuff backwards. And everything is done backwards. And the reveal to figure out this is legitimately the case is a horrendous scene where she goes to the back of her head and just rips the crack of her skull open. It is genuinely disgusting. And also somehow doesn't bleed out as well. Let's no. just yeah. add that. So, I mean, Not- the thing is, I think what we need to acknowledge is the fact that probably Gabriel is the real victim in this film because he's sedated. He has what limbs he does have cut off. And then he could be claustrophobic. He's then pushed inside her skull and then sewn <laughs> shut. So I'm not meaning to be funny. As soon as you do see the light of day, you're going to go out there and probably exact a bit of revenge. So yeah. I think he's perfectly justified, to be honest. <laughs> wow. I'll tell, you, Gabriel. I'll tell you another movie this reminds me of, Basket Case. As well. 100%. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the moment yeah. that happened, I said Basket Case, 100%, mm. um, which which might be a movie we have to do with the podcast at some point. Anyway, yeah. we have to do Basket Case. But um, yeah, and then by this point, it gets to... It's no longer a horror movie at this point. This movie is like the most over-the-top, the some of the best action I've seen in a while. Some stunt, some of the stunt work and murder work is genuinely mwah, good soup. Chef's it is genuine. It's chef's, chef's kiss. kiss. Yeah. It's good soup. <laughs> good soup. What, what's that happened? I, I, I don't... Honestly, can I just say, I don't know how that was done. I don't know. Did, did any of you guys actually do any research a little bit of how you think that was done? Did she just literally walk backwards or was it done? How? How was this done? I think it's a contortionist. Uh, like a stunt, a stunt. Like I think there's two performers, a male mm. and female, uh, and they were contortionists, so they could bend their body in that weird way. Yeah, to look like it was going, like backwards. They were going backwards. Yeah, yeah. Because if you look at certain parts as well, you can see that it looks like there's a prosthetic of Annabelle Wallace's face. Yeah, mm. kind of on there. And I mean, it, it looks great. Like it's not like super noticeable because I mean we're talking about it now, so we're kind of like mm. oh. But I mean they obviously had a decent budget on there. So I think they probably CGI'd a, a lot, like, mm. you know, to blend the face. And like you said, I'd just have someone pretending to do it backwards. But also in the pursuit uh, with the cop, mm. I did think some of it obviously was very apparently CG. Mm, uh, yeah. It just looked 
very very good um, yeah it, it might be a combination of all three it could be some of yeah. it could literally be uh abigail wallace just doing a mm-hmm. few movements and back or whatever some of it could be a contortionist some could, could be cg and i didn't notice whether which parts were very i knew some bits were like this is ridiculously weird and hokey but i i didn't notice it by that point because by that point the movie literally to me jumps the shark and it's like you can do anything now fucking aliens could arrive at this point and this would no longer surprise me yeah um the the action in that scene is probably one of the, i'm literally i'm legitimately saying it's some of the best action i think mm. i've seen in so long well the thing is, so it, well done. You, it kicks off with the prison fight scene, and then yeah. you think that well, that that's pretty good. But then it keeps going, and you get yeah. the 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 fight scene in the actual offices section of the mm. police station, and which yep. so you, you're thinking this is this is pretty good. Then this is oh, this is amazing. It's like builds and yeah. builds in the last twenty minutes of the movie. It's it's fantastic. I think from the the prison cell scene onwards i was just having an absolute ball even the 100%. first time yeah. i saw saw the film um the only thing i would say is i think um the only thing i can kind of compare it to is is like you know mud max fury road for me that film mm. never ever stopped and mm. it kept going but the only thing with this is i feel like the hospital was almost a bit of a come down from the police precinct because yeah. we'd had like this absolute massacre and then everything suddenly contained to like a hospital room and i was like i know it needed that intimacy for that kind of finale but um i don't know in that last sort of section (laughs) you do get the mind prison section (laughs) with madison and gabriel i've got a clip from that right and the the reason why i love this clip uh, i'll tell you why because it reminded the the um dialogue scripting reminded me of like two like famous songs it's mm. like it reminded me of that so like and I've, I've i've pasted them in so you can hear like what <laughs> i'm talking about and yeah. it, it's just hilarious <laughs> it's over gabriel i'm taking it all back my mind my body my everything now you get to live in a world that i create <laughs> That's the first one. You can't lock me in here forever. You'll always be stuck with me. Sooner or later, I will get out. I know. But next time, I'll be ready for you. Ed. <laughs> You've outdone yourself. <laughs> Motherfucker, you've outdone yourself this time. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god. You've, you've outdone yourself, Ed. Congratulations. Oh. Oh. oh, I love it. Oh my god. You I've never seen such a wonderfully milked joke in all my life. Thank you. <laughs> I just I'm had never, to, never I had to be let able that to... clip play a little, little, little longer than uh, ex- expected because that's just I love that song so much. I'm aware. Oh Christ on a bike! I'm ne- you've outdone yourself, Ed. That one's you've outdone yourself. But you know There's what a... I mean, though, don't you? In terms of the way it's it's the it's like the most sort of uh, obvious kind of writing. Like yeah. I'll, I'll be ready, uh, and mm. like um, my body, my mind, and my everything. It's like, it's, it's easy writing. It's, 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 and that, yeah. that, it's like, like lyrics, like memorable lyrics. And, and that, that's what, when I was watching, I was thinking, 
Reminds me of something. I didn't know what it was. And then afterwards, at the second viewing, I thought, that's those two songs. For some reason, I love the fact you're watching going, okay, this is, okay, watching this very serious Mind Palace scene, Barry White and Baywatch (laughs) come into play. I'm never going to be able to to watch this film the same way again. Although although if you want to throw another musical bit, that whole Mind, the whole, the whole Mind palace thing reminds me a little bit of that scene in chicago so uh it doesn't it doesn't add even more so all we just need all we now is Catherine and jones doing a tap dance and- <laughs> i feel as if and this is just me personally i know it's supposed to be a bit of a surprise but i kind of wished that the whole movie was that I really, to my in my mind, I kind of wish the whole movie was this balmy because it means that there was a bit of a middle ground where, again, I was sceptical, sitting there going, this isn't, something's up. And I'm not sure whether this is, again, James Wan, I'm purposely doing this yeah. or falling into the trap of going like, well, actually, okay, they're going to love the last half an hour, but kind of feeling like not sure if you could push it on because the opening is the right level of cheese, right? The yeah. opening of the movie is the right level of, cheese bonkers dumbness then it doesn't do that for often and it's taking itself maybe a little it too seriously hella slow i think in the in the mm. middle like i know obviously that they're trying to misdirect you yes um and set up like oh well how is she seeing this what is going on um, mm-hmm. but yeah unfortunately I, I do think it does suffer in like the middle act in particular <laughs> and i think the third act does make up for it in quite 100 quite a, a few ways but uh, yeah, I mean that that definitely it, it goes back to my point earlier. I think that opening set a tone. It kind of then deviated from that tone, but then you weren't sure if it was trying to be serious or if it was hammy. And mm-hmm. then at the end, they were like, "No, no, this is definitely hokey." So it was, I don't I, know, it was a mix. I, yeah, I I personally liked the fact that it surprised me though. I think if it was mm. all the same tone all the way through, mm. I'd know what it is immediately. And I, yeah. I liked that it, it deviated me, and it was like, and I didn't understand what it was. I because I, that was fresh to me. That was I hadn't seen mm. that before. For, oh, I hadn't seen that for a while anyway. So yeah. I liked the the mix. To be honest, did it completely surprise you then when there was the reveal that Gabriel was a, a growth? <laughs> no, in skull. no, it didn't. It didn't completely surprise me. No, I think I, I don't know. I think it was a shame because they they were like obviously pinning a lot on on the reveal mm. yeah um and i think there was no other explanation other than that it had to kind of be it was it was obviously going to be her i never wouldn't doubt it was her no. as soon as i saw that because yeah. she's usually got blonde hair as well so kind of knowing her as an actress elsewhere and then seeing her in this i would probably say what looks like a really awful wig yeah um, yeah well. um I kind of then knew because the killer had like the same hair and I was like, okay, mm. well, there's something going on. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I I think it definitely knowing what you're in for helps, I think. So once you've got mm. that initial viewing out of the way, after that, I think you're onto a, a jam. So, yeah. so, so, maybe, so maybe this is like, it is like a thing where, do you know, do you know when someone says like, you need to try this new foreign food from a weird place you never had before and you yeah. describe it and go like, this is a beer. Meh. And you have to try it whether you're up for it. And that means you, you will have more of that again if you like it. And if you don't like it, you know, whatever. It's the, it is nice to have the nice surprise. Do you think mm. that if it was the same tone, uh, mm. we would get something like, 
Sam Raimi's Drag Me to Hell, where that kind of like vibe, where it's like it's mm. slick because that movie looks yeah. great. It yes. look it looks slick, but it's like yeah. really over the top and hammy kind of thing. Yeah, that um, is a perfect example to bring mm. in. I'd say that probably yeah. nails what this was trying to do so much better mm. because yeah. I think it genuinely is creepy mm. as well as being. Absolutely, I mean that nosebleed scene. For goodness' sake, that was brilliant. <laughs> it's absolutely but, insane. And yeah, and I think yeah, actually, that's a really good point. I didn't even think about it. Till you mentioned Dra- it. Drag me to hell is pretty much this thing. It the tone is hammy and silly, but the energy is the same throughout. But it's never. It's it's just the right level of ham and cheese. It's the perfect mm. ham and cheese sandwich there, right? It's not too much. It's not too little, and it continues through it. Yeah. While with this movie, it ha- what it decides to do, it gives you a skip ton of cheese at the beginning, and then it says like, actually, wait a bit. We need to find the right. We need to find the right slice of ham and the right amount of rye. Wait. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And then instead of giving you the right amount of ham, it gives you the, the entire fucking pig. <laughs> this this reminded me, um, and I think this is, th- this film, I think very easily, obviously could have been a whole lot worse in different hands. So I mean, 100%. it is credit to James Wan. But this is the sort of film that I think wouldn't be out of place, you know, like on, on the sci-fi channel or um, like the mm. asylum making them. You know how you've got like mega shark versus giant octopus? Yes. Like that's what pulls you in is the fact that you're going to see a, fuck off great white shark eat a airplane out of the sky but <laughs> you've suddenly then got this weird like subplot that's going on and to me that's kind of you know in all those films you've always got a submarine and then there's like a drug thing going on or Russians yeah. or, there's or something, always, there's always as well as these this massive creature like this was we've got this weird yellow killer cheesy hokey thing going on but also domestic abuse we've also got <laughs> her going through emotional trauma we've also got yeah. a blossoming romance and a, a sister doing princess parties it was yeah. just odd <laughs> and, and yeah but again it's again the argument for people who are into that maybe even james himself like well this was done on purpose but yeah, then yeah. i almost argue that not in if you would if it was done it was it was properly fully done on purpose with all these extra bits they i think it would have been you could have leaned into it more perhaps mm. but the fact that it's a surprise did like i said all the cheese at the beginning all the ham at the beginning trying to spending too much time trying to find the right slices of bread yeah <laughs> get for the sandwich i mean that makes it fresh then i mean the thing mm. is it's like we've already had those movies that are doing it knowingly yeah uh, mm. and this movie is doing it so it doesn't it's not knowingly but it's like it is mm. if you know what i mean so it's kind of like it's it's a weird mix and that makes it kind of interesting uh it's this movie makes is it more a of a talking box. point if it was if it was like a dra- if it was like done exactly like Drag Me to Hell, I don't yeah. think people would be talking about it as much. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, um, and I think the repeatability and the repeat viewing of it that's leaning into the fact that it's obviously been made to be kind of like a cult yeah. film. Yeah. Though it is something that I don't know, there's going to be screenings of in ten years' time, and people are probably going to dress up with weird backwards costumes and and stuff. I'm, su- you know I'm I mean? surprised I hasn't picked up. I would love. I think. <laughs> I think the problem with this is because partly because of its advertising, because of its because of its weird kind of production, because of all that, and mm. the fact that it looks way too slick for what the subject is. It, it didn't do very well in the box office because it's really hard to sell this movie and a lot mm. and, and a lot of semi sort of kind of panned reviews now here's the thing though just to go for the critical response of it at the end of the movie um 
it has an approval rating of about on Rotten Tomatoes of 76%. So it is quite high up there. But a lot of the reviews are very unsure of it. They're very middling. They're mm. little, they're still not 100% sure if this is a self-parody, if it's a mm. parody, if it's if it's unaware of itself. It's it might be a bit too tonally confusing for an audience to go in their first time and see whether they're going to enjoy it. Yeah. This does feel like a cult movie where this will be one that people will be watching over and over again, trying to, and uh, over time going, actually, this is secretly genius. Mm. I mean, the, the reviews as well, obviously, particularly from the critics, I imagine they mm. would have been like literally hot off the press. They've seen it once and then they have to give their opinion. And if I'm being 100% honest, the first time I saw this film, I really mm. didn't like it. Really did yeah. not like it. Me I too. Left with a bad taste in my mouth, mm. and I was like, "This is awful." Like, and I did think honestly, this is a misstep for for James Wan. Yeah. Um, but I think then I watched it probably um, again like a week or so later, mm. and really, really dug it. Um, and mm. I mean, even talking about it now, I do enjoy how silly it is. Um, mm. I don't think it's his best film by no. by miles, but it's I don't know. It's it's completely different to anything else that's out there at the moment and has been out for a while. Can't unfortunately, it's not a movie where you can't reveal the ending and just yeah. reveal what it is because it ruins it for you if you realize a hundred without first time watching it the surprise factor of going. You need to know what the goddamn thing was with this goddamn yeah. growth situation. You need I to mean, know. He also said James Wan also said that uh, he did it. It's like a love letter to his early filmmaking like ideas and stuff like that so when you're when you're starting off as a filmmaker you have these stupid crazy ideas that you can't actually make because no one will give you the money to make it so yeah now he has the uh, freedom to, yeah. to make those silly ideas uh, yeah. so he's kind of it's like he's honoring the, sort of those the dreams back then of when he was starting out and wanted to make silly silly crazy yeah, movies absolutely i mean it's mm. it's under his own banner now isn't it as well with mm. atomic monster i mean he yeah. literally he, he's he's got kind of free reign with stuff hasn't he and I, again i think that's an important point a studio um obviously getting behind him doing something like this we don't get that many original like properties in horror as well i mean screams obviously just made a return just this week like yeah they yeah. are mining from the old stuff because they know it's gonna do well mm. um so it is a shame it didn't do better um but but yeah. one made the studio it's, it's a billion risk, dollars it? like for Akelvan, so <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. so it, it, i think yeah. he can uh he can do what he wants for a little bit can't yeah. he still <laughs> Yeah, so that was so that's basically malignant. So we talked we talked through all the best bits, and I, even even spoiling it, even though partly spoiling the ending in this being basically just to go and clarify, this is a movie that realistically we can talk about, but you need to watch it to understand what the hell we're talking about because it is one of these weird experiences that. Us explaining it to you sounds like we're on drugs. It sounds like we make we. It sounds like like, like we mentioned before we started. This is like a, it's it's a party movie where you're sitting there. You've already had a few to drink, or you've or or you've done some extra substances. You're sitting there going like, I don't know what's happening here. And then halfway through, you've had more drink or you had more substances. And by the end of it, you're going, this is amazing. And yeah. you don't and you and it's it's a full roller coaster of what the fuckery. Yeah. Um, but the only way to do that is you need to see it. So even if, even if not have, we, I recommend just have a watch just so you are aware that this this weirdness exists, I think. Yeah, for sure. Right. No, people definitely need to check it out. I think it's uh, mm. 
It's a film to be seen to be believed. <laughs> and on that note, shall we? Uh, shall we try and put Malignant into the Trashometer, please, Ed? Let's do it. Trashometer. <laughs> thank you. Right, so if this is the first time you're, you're you're on with us, welcome, and thank you for joining us with this weird one. Thank you for that. Um, so the way we do reviews are a little different around here. We don't do we we don't do star ratings or A pluses. We do something you call the trashometer, where we basically think of we have a balancing scale of how much level of enjoyment trash to just genuine trash we have got to it. So it's trying to find the balance of just the right amount that we have enjoyed. So let's go through the scale. First of all, right at the very, very bottom is Tame. Tame basically means that it's not a lot of level of fun trash. In fact, the movie was quite boring or was missing or, or missing something of ilk, which I can... like. What is just basically just bland, which this movie is not. So automatically, we know that's out of the window. Um, tiny bit trashy. Tiny bit trashy basically means that at this point, uh, that there are some levels of trash and there's some genuine, like, good bits we enjoyed, but it could have leaned into it more and be even more trashier. Then there is trash right in the middle. Perfect trash. It's the right mixture of stuff. It is the cult movie. It is the golden goose. It is the It's the good soup. It is the perfect balance, right? Then you have too trashy. Too trashy means it has all these fun elements, but there's a couple of bits that we're starting to get annoyed at or a little angry at or frustrated or even slightly offended by. We're just we're enjoying it, but it's a bit tough. And then finally, it's torture. Torture means we pretty much hated it. It is too much for us. There is way it's it's no longer a fun ride. We're just hating the entire experience. And so, I think we should we should we should ask Liam first for being our guest. Where would you put Malignant on the trashometer? I don't think it's by any means a perfect like trashy film. Mm-hmm. I think. I think it was maybe a, a little bit too trashy for me, maybe. Mm. Um, just because, and I think, Ed, I think you've done this for me now because you you bought Drag Me to Hell into the conversation. <laughs> and I mean, that I, I absolutely adore that film. And like, when I think about it, that would be like the perfect balance for me. Um, mm. So I, I completely get it, it's subjective. I had a good time with it, but I think there are still some elements of it that did annoy me. I think mm. it's a fine line to tread with bad performances and bad writing. Um, mm. And I think it could have been done either a little clearer or a little bit better, uh, okay. in all honesty. And that makes perfect sense. I can totally see that because I was in that kind of field too, looking, going like, I'm not sure if this is entirely purposeful or James is secretly a genius. And yeah. it, I think that is the, the mind loops, the gymnastics you have to go through to really embrace that is hard. Yeah. Um, and I, I sure. totally get that. Ed, how about you? Uh, well, I can judge this on two things. I can On my first viewing, if I was judging it on my first viewing and coming out thinking... Oh, what this is horrible this is this is this is shit this is too much so the first viewing it would definitely rank too trashy on the trashometer yeah. but mm. since then and watching mm. it on dvd uh, and watching it a few times it letting it sort of soak in like a fine mm. wine uh, <laughs> it's like i've not stopped talking about it and it was mm. it, I, when i did my list of like top five movies and, uh, I put Malignant in my top five movies of last year because I, it, I've just not stopped talking about it. I, I found it so much fun and it was it surprised me and not many mm. movies surprise me nowadays. So I personally 
would rank it in trash, perfect trash. Okay, so this is not, oh my god, the side is on me <laughs> you're, you're, you're deciding this, Johan. <laughs> Alright, so, okay, so, personally, here's the thing. Like, it does have its problems, and I get that. And so it's ones that Liam's basically recommended. It's that weird middle part where I'm not entirely sure what you're doing with it. But the opening, full of cheese, and the moment, and the moment the, the mum falls through the roof, <laughs> onwards. What point lands in the movie? <laughs> the, the, that is the legitimate point. The big bang moment for me goes like, Okay, let's see where we're going. You you grab my interest again, and I, by that point I was obsessed. The last half an hour is probably the most bonkers I've seen a movie go, like in in a long time. And yeah. for me, that it's it's not a surprise reveal or whatever. It's more the fact that I'm sitting there going like, you wouldn't dare. You wouldn't what? No. What? What? You literally it's it's a lot of what the fuck moments that yeah. I had a really good time with it. But I will say that there were moments like watching it the first time and I'm this is now a movie I'm gonna have to watch again. Sitting there going like that middle part really does drag and it really does annoy me. So here's what I will do. We do a bit of a mini compromise here. This will be trash, I think. However, it is on the very high end of trash. Mm. Like it could have, honestly, it could have gone wrong. Like yeah. really wrong. Teetering, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it could have gone wrong. Like, the thing is, they had plenty of opportunities in this movie to go completely wrong. Yeah. But it somehow doesn't. It just balances itself enough. But it's like teetering on it. It's like, for example, like you're literally on the edge of a cliff, and it's like one <laughs> blow would have made this whole movie collapse. Yeah. But it didn't. And for some reason, that last 30 minutes for me is stuck in my mind palace for life <laughs> and i think so, it's funny yeah. that we all had the same experience there as well like we yeah. all watched it the first time and went this is horrible <laughs> and then it's upon like second and third viewing that you've kind mm. of then come to to love it so i think i imagine that's probably the same for a lot of people i mm. mean my my mum's watched it my other half's watched it and they both absolutely hated it <laughs> so but they've not seen it again so who yeah. knows it could be on their top five as well if they watched it again. I mean, right? after the first <laughs> viewing, I even thought, has he, like, wheeled out some work experience boy to, like, direct it? <laughs> and he's just, like, taking him under his wing kind of thing. It's like, come on, boy. While I work on the other movie I'm working on. It was like you could almost tell that there were, like, scenes that he definitely directed, but then maybe second unit did the rest. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was someone else. Just, yeah. Yeah. Odd, just odd experience, the whole and thing. So that's why, I th yeah, and that's the thing is, it's because it's such an odd experience, I can't, personally, I'll, even I'll put it in trash, I'm putting it with a caveat and saying, like, look, this is because the ending, the last 30 minutes or so, is the most bonkers thing on the planet and you have to watch it. And it's so bonkers that it redeems the rest of the movie for me. Yeah. And, but it, it, and it's just about balance, because if the movie kept on how the tone was going in the middle, this would have been terrible. And it was starting to teeter too much into one side. But then, like I said, the other 30 minutes, a big fucking pig of ham just <laughs> went in there and it balanced it out at the end. This is, I mean, this is another thing as well. I'm sorry, because I, I probably should have mentioned this earlier, but sure. th this film, to me as well, what it reminded me of a lot was um, M. Night Shyamalan's Split. Like, as yes. in, it's sold on, like, one thing, um, but then, obviously, the end is, is very weird. And, I mean, almost, I think these two could exist in the same universe as well, because don't if i'm not mistaken madison is kind of almost a superhuman by the end of this film because she finds that she's got weird gabriel strength that mm. she can just use when she wants to i love that so bit. i don't know maybe it's the mashup of the century that we didn't know we needed but i 
personally enjoyed Split up until I think the point where James McAvoy then turned into the Beast, and it became like this weird paranormally supernaturally thing but while on the other side it's it, it only gets to the bit when she does become the yeah, paranormal exactly. crazy beast yeah so it's kind of like I think if you had the start of Split and then the um, the end of, of Malignant <laughs> you've got the perfect film <laughs> the perfect film and so yeah I think I think we should put this at a very high trash yeah mm-hmm. Perfect trash. <laughs> that Thank was you. really loud in my headphones, that clip. <laughs> Perfect trash. trash. <laughs> and it is. Um, I feel... Uh, and, and actually, I now realise now this is... Now I want to watch Split and Malignant as a double bill and see how I feel. Oh, 100%. <laughs> it could. It could. It could go together. Yeah. I, I watched yeah. Um, Malignant and I watched Psycho Goreman. They're like... Quite close together. Jesus. Psycho Gore, that is a double feature that I could get on board with. I, I love, love Psycho, Psycho Gore Man. Psycho so Gore Man's amazing. <laughs> do I like hunky boys? <laughs> or do I? <laughs> or do I? <laughs> I do not care for hunky boys. Or do I? Not my hunky boys! Like later on. <laughs> I think yeah, it was I, like I, I, it was the thread that I just hope that they pull on again later, and they did. And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> oh, I see a, you, filmmakers." It's, it's you. such a it's a, such a surprisingly funny movie that one. So yeah, yeah, I think basically this. I think if you want to go back to doing that, Malignant has to be Malignant works well as a double feature. Now we need to find another movie that works with it. So yeah, any kind of weird bad taste you get from that movie, you can counteract it with another movie, vice versa, to give that balance out, and yeah. you get this nice smooth transition between one and the other. Right then, so thank so we're, we're going to start wrapping things up a little bit, but usually this is a time where we do our plugins, where basically we talk about what we've been doing, what we're planning on, what's going on at the minute, where you can find us, all the social stuff, etc, etc. So, Liam, what's been going on with you? Um, the, quite a lot went on towards the end of last year. Um, so we released a short film back at Halloween uh, called Take a Look with Super mm. Freak Media. So um, if you like trash, <laughs> you'll probably like Take a Look because it has a weird, do you know, surprisingly similar looking to Gabriel. I might have been somehow... <laughs> I don't know. Subconsciously, yeah. You have a psychic bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely check that out on on YouTube. Um, also, we need to get you boys on on our podcasts. Yeah, hundred percent. We've got no ghouls allowed, which is like the general kind of horror chat. But I think we're going to have like a year roundup episode, which is going to go out at the end of, of January, so this month. And then um, me and the other Liam run their queer, which is obviously focusing more on a queer perspective in horror so mm. um yeah i guess the main thing to do is just check out super freak media on social media well, mm-hmm. all the medias and yeah. uh, if you find stuff you like uh, and give us a follow and a like that'd be lovely thank, thank you. you i have to say something the 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 that's queer the that's queer podcast at the minute i've been loving it a bit because it's very different to your other podcast yeah. um you the soundboard on that though ed you'd be jealous of it it's so <laughs> well, insane how many twist. clips we uh we do it in post we fix it ah! in post <laughs> we we wanted a soundboard but then honestly i i don't think i have the technical 
know how capabilities or energy it is this is, that, so. it is an absolute ball like wiring it all up i can like, imagine yeah I can, i've got a mixer and there's so many cables around me now <laughs> it's like the thing but, is is me and the other liam will usually end up like doing a really like piss poor impression of a like of a, a soundbite or something so really? we'll do like a terrible impression of something so usually i just edit that out put the actual one in and then we've just got each other laughing at each other being absolute <laughs> dopes so it's, yeah it's, there is an energy on that podcast that just makes me constantly giggle because it's just like <laughs> every five minutes or so there is another pop culture reference thrown in there i, like, hundred, I love it i love yeah <laughs> there's it's a just, weird pathetic energy it's, it's when you're when i'm editing it i um i just keep finding like things and it, it like takes me back to like memes like a decade ago or like vines yeah. and stuff so yeah, it does have that energy which i love to bits which chaos. is why i need to be on that show at some point god yes, damn it we, we need to we need to get you on i need to think about like what would be the right kind of episode i mean we're planning what we're going to be doing for this year our next episode is going to be scream because we went to go see scream 5 together last night and then Ooh. um also obviously the original have you guys yeah. have you seen scream 5 yet i'm seeing it on yet. i'm seeing it on monday and uh, we're okay. going to be recording uh, next time Johan comes over. We're going to be doing a cult versus current of Scream, yes. like all I love the Scream your cult in general, Scream really in general, good. like all, all the screams, like even the TV series, little bits of yeah. that, and mm. then comparing it to the the latest movie. I'd be interested to see what you you guys think. Obviously, mm. I'm not not going to give anything away, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I'm intrigued. <laughs> I'm definitely really intrigued. So yeah, um, thank you very much for that, Liam. That's a, no, thank a, you for having me on. It's always oh, a pleasure. Hundred uh, percent. Ed, is there anything that we have planned other than you already mentioned we were planning on doing maybe a cult versus current with Scream? So what else we got? Uh, the video I'm editing at the moment is uh, for Christmas. I got like Sophie got me um, an nineties. Uh, Ninja Turtle figure Leonardo like because I'm collecting <laughs> mm. the turtles NECA figures and uh, she accidentally got like a bootleg one first and uh, tried to I swap I saw this it. on your Instagram yeah. and uh, so but they they gave us sort of a little bit of a refund not yeah. but said you can keep a it and uh, now I've got the real one and I've got because she bought me the real one as well uh, I've got the bootleg and the real one so I'm going to compare them in the video I was going to say, I want to see how, how similar they are. I think I've got a bootleg Pennywise somewhere. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He came and his feet were not attached. So <laughs> wow. super glue was, was a friend that day. But here's, but here's the thing. I was talking, because Sophie told me about it before you got it. And mm. uh, and, 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 and things she said, and the thing she said was basically, she sat there going like, you know that, you know, if you, I looked at it, she looks on eBay. Sometimes the bootlegs go even more than the original thing. Oh, it's because it's so rare to find this particular bootleg version there's so it. many bootleg Michael Myers figures out there it is unreal and Freddy Krueger as well I'm yeah, sure yeah. there's there's a Mexican version of Freddy Krueger <laughs> love he, it he just looks fantastic <laughs> Senor Krueger <laughs> Senor Krueger I mean this one was interesting because it, at first glance it looks genuine and then yeah. you start looking at it and you're thinking something is a bit off here it looks a bit a bit <laughs> off it's a bit weird and then you keep analysing it and you're noticing all these things so it's going to hopefully make a good video I, yeah, no, I, I can't wait to check that out. That'll be ace. That'll be wonderful. Yeah, and on my end, uh, we've uh, obviously we're doing more stuff for the podcast. I'm trying to introduce a new podcast, which is not so trash reviews, where we look at B movies that are good or movies that were misunderstood. And I've already recorded an episode, which we're editing at the minute, uh, where we talk about Patrick, which is the 1970s yes. exploitation movie involving involving a killer coma patient, and how <laughs> genuinely good that is, despite how exploitative 
of it feels. And I did, and, and, and I did, and I did that with uh, Cinelita. Adam Marsha would be quite uh, nice to kind of go through that. So yeah, it's been, it's genuinely going to be a very interesting approach. I'm going to be approaching it more like a video essay rather than an actual just conversation between people mm. talking about rubbish. Um, so cool. it'll be interesting. It'll be that, that episode should be as as I'm editing it. Hopefully this weekend. So hopefully it'll be out uh, in the next week or two to have a little peek before this one comes out from there. Awesome so yeah, source. excellent. Right, let's wrap it up from there. So Liam, thank you again very much for for popping on. You, you you've been a blast as usual. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a, an absolute pleasure. I uh, I always love talking about weird shit with you guys. So, <laughs> anytime, anytime. <laughs> uh, next time round, I would love. Next time round, I think in order to if next time I have you on, next time yeah. you pick the movie. Yeah, as long as it just doesn't involve tumors and teeth, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I feel like you're either trying to tell me something or <laughs> it's, it's it's like it's like look, Liam, I have a secret <laughs> fetish. I have to tell you. Um, yeah, it's like which parasitic film are we talking about today? <laughs> oh my god, imagine the next one's another parasite movie. Then like, yeah. oh shit. Let's do uh, it. And then, <laughs> Make it a and, trilogy. <laughs> and on and on that bombshell, I will say I'll say to everyone, keep an eye on your trash. There might be some treasure in there. See you guys next time. See you guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode and hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it around with movie lovers you know, maybe add a star rating or write a good review. All of this helps with the algorithm and provides us with more opportunities to reach the ears to a whole new bunch of bad film fanatics. Want to find out more about us? Then head over to our socials where we provide sneak peeks and up-to-date news on everything nostalgic and trashy. You can find our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages in the description. So please, follow us. See you next time, cinephiles.